Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast. It's our inaugural podcast for the 2021-2022 school year. Hey, we're glad you're with us, and uh, John Morris alongside Brooke Bednars. And, Brooke, there is nobody we'd rather start the podcast series with than our guest today. Absolutely, Athletic Director Mac Rhodes. We've been looking forward to speaking with you, and we have a lot to talk about, John. We have a lot to talk about, as I'm sure everyone can guess. <laughs> Clear your calendar, Mac. We've got a lot of questions for you. I'm feeling pressure. <laughs> no, this will be the easiest thing you do today. Just yeah. chatting Baylor athletics and everything uh, as we head into a packed weekend of a lot of really good sports. It is, and every every sport is doing so well right now. Just uh, what about the start of the school year? Uh, athletic success has been really high already here in the fall. Yeah, it really, really has. And, you know, the, the beginning of, a, of an academic year is, is always exciting. Um, you know, transitioning in, first-time, you know, student-athletes, first-time students, and you know, as an institution, the the largest freshman class in, in history, right around 4,100. And um, to see, you know, our new student athletes and begin to develop relationships. And, of course, many of them, you know, started on campus this summer and began taking, taking summer school classes. But uh, great to see everybody. And it was just, you know, coming off of, of COVID. And I know that we're still in the midst of it and still trying to deal with it. But having some togetherness and, and uh, just seeing faces and, uh, and being close to one another, um, I, I think has been um, just so, uh, so helpful. It's just been great, I think, medicine for, for everyone. And as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the fall sports off to a great, great start, you know, um, athletically. Um, really, really proud of soccer. Um, they've, they've been, um, man, the last, you know, three matches to, to begin – you know, to open up Big 12 play, 3-0 and um, at Oklahoma State, at TCU, and then win last night mm-hmm. uh, versus a, a really good Texas Tech team. You know, those are three matches that could have gone either way when you when you thought about forecasting the, the season because those are three really, really good good opponents. And to, to walk away, you know, 3-0, and Coach Jobson and, and that team is, is, has done a great job. And I don't know, they, they have found their rhythm. Um, you know, really young young team, uh, majority of, of that roster, sophomore, freshman. And um, I don't know if they're just growing up and they're just, you know, um, you know have, have found uh, their, their stride, but uh, really playing high-level soccer right now. And that's exciting for the future when you talk about the youth of that team and how they'll have a couple of years here to just continue to mature and to learn under Jobson. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, um, you know, he's he's done uh, bo- 
both him and, and the entire staff have done such a, a great job. And, you know, that that is a signature program for us when you think about our four pillars, when you think about academic achievement, character formation, and, and spiritual growth, and, and the athletic success piece. Um, they do such a great job, that, that entire team and, and all four of those, those pillars. So really, really proud of them. And, you know, I could echo same thing about volleyball. Mm-hmm. Again, four pillars. They do a great job, a signature program for us when we think about the four pillars, ranked ninth in the, in the, in the country. Um, I really believe we'll have a chance to, to compete for a national championship this year in, in volleyball. I think we, we have that type of talent. And, uh, again, Ryan does such a great job. That staff does such a great job coaching them. Started off, you know, 2-0 and in, uh, in Big 12 play at Kansas State. You know, we have that, that funky schedule yeah. th- this yeah. year um, because of COVID last year and trying to minimize travel. You know, we were playing um, an institution twice at their place. And so um, even though the, the, the travel restrictions have been, been lifted, you know, just trying to make up in fairness for, for how we, we navigated that, that schedule last year. So uh, we, uh, we get to host Texas Tech twice uh tonight and uh and tomorrow and mm-hmm. so those will be big matches for uh for volleyball as well and texas will be here later in the year because we played twice in austin last year so we get them twice in waco this year not to look ahead not to look past uh, tech or anybody but boy that'll be big i've already circled it so <laughs> i am I, I am looking ahead and yeah. you know if you'll recall the last time you know texas came or we we had more than eight thousand people yes. in the uh in the Farrell center it was an all-time record you know, attendance record for volleyball. And so, uh, I don't know. I expect the same. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was loud. I, I think that was my first year here. And we have some new coworkers in my office. And we were talking about the volleyball schedule. And they had mentioned that Texas was coming this year. And I was like, guys, you should go back and look at that footage. Because it was rocking in the Farrell Center. Um, super exciting. But like you said, Texas Tech is here this weekend it's kind of a West Texas Waco weekend. Baylor already one and zero on that, with thanks to soccer. Um, and you kind of mentioned the success of volleyball and how they still have that odd schedule. Uh, so I guess this is a good time to ask how it's been for you on your side of things as we go back to air quotes here not everyone can see but what how, getting things back to normal last year we had so much work into making things possible and doing whatever necessary and this year you know we have a full stadium at McLean and people can be at the Farrell Center and we have fans back which is super exciting so how has that been for you this whole process of kind of going from the COVID rules and kind of switching it to a little bit more of what we were used to back in 2019 and, and even before that well, you know, last year the, 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 the COVID, you know, cloud cover, you know, for, for all of us, um, you know, I'm proud of our, our staff and I'm proud of our student athletes and, and everybody, you know, um, when we think about collegiate athletics, that, that was a grind for, for, for everyone. And um, I think one of the most rewarding things were, were the feedback, uh, was the feedback that, that we received from, from our student athletes, how grateful they they were to – uh, coaches, administrators, everyone to, to, to provide them the opportunity to compete. And, and even though it was hard and, and, 
and probably 90% of them wouldn't want to do that again. And all of the testing and all of those requirements, right, um, they were grateful for the opportunity to be able to do what they love, and uh, and that is to to compete compete at a high level. And now as we've we've turned the corner, you know, into into this year, um, there's still been a lot of conversations, a lot of protocol policy. Again, COVID hasn't hasn't left mm-hmm. us, and still still trying to manage that, but but do that in a really smart and thoughtful way. And again, primarily. And, and always primarily um, making sure that we can do it, you know, in a healthy and, and safe way for our student athletes and, and for our staff. But there's there's no doubt there's just um, – there's a different kind of energy um, just with, with you know, almost being back, back to normal, um, you know, full capacity in the, in the stands. You know, I, I think it's hard for our, our fans to – to really know and understand the impact they have on a on a on a game, uh, on a match, and what it means to our our student athletes, um, you know we we market the the heck out of trying to you know get as many people um, in the stands for our for our contests because it's such a better experience for our student athletes. Sure, it gives us a, a better opportunity to win. But the experience, you know, you ask any student athlete, would you rather play, you know, in front of, you know, half capacity or full capacity? They're going to answer full capacity every, every time. And so our fans really have a special role um, for our student athlete experience when we talk about contests. And then, then they have impact on, on outcome. And uh, so just to have them back uh, is, is tremendous. Can we say also right here, uh, give a shout out to our business office and how well, you know, with the short, short shortages in revenue and everyone contributing, coaches, you know, sacrificing maybe some charter flights, things like that, everybody tightening their belt, how well uh, Baylor Athletics came through all of this with the reduced revenues. Yeah, um, really um, came out, you know, I would, I would say that probably in the top 5% in the country, um, you know, we went into it two two main goals, protect our people. And then, you know, on the other side of it to be in great position to, to where we could just continue to move forward and not having to dig ourselves out of a hole. And we were able to accomplish that. And the business office, you know, Cody Hall financial service, did such a such a great job, you know. We we had to mitigate really about twenty million dollars in 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 revenue losses, wow. and uh, we're able to do that. You know, if you look just within our conference, and then throughout, you know, uh, Power Five and throughout FBS, um, salary decreases, ten percent layoffs, um, decreasing student athlete um, services programming. Uh, we didn't we didn't do any of that and uh, it's because we we have great people and and we all locked arms and decided hey we're we're all going to have to sacrifice a little bit but but if the sum of us all sacrifice just just a little bit we can we can get through this and so it's uh again it's a, a great testament to to the people we have well i know we're definitely grateful <laughs> <laughs> very much for that 
Tell you one guy who's uh, glad to be through the uh, strict uh, uh, COVID protocols is Dave Aranda. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what he had to go through last year just wasn't fair. You know, it was like – First-time head coach. Yeah, yeah. And no spring and, uh, you know, give him a mulligan for that year. No but, non-conference. And look at where we yeah. are now with a full year. What a great start for Baylor football this year. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, you know, couldn't be happier for Dave Aranda. And – um you know, again, um, for our fans, um, you know, just as you get to know him, you just you you realize how how special of a person he is, and 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 why he he does what he what he does. It's it's about you know the young man. It's you know he talks about people first um, all the time over over football, and you know so much of 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 hiring is fit. And um, he was just a, a really great fit for for us, and uh, and a, obviously a, a you know wonderful wonderful football coach knows the game of football both sides of the ball as as well as anybody I've I've been or I've been around, and um, you know he's he's really um, and I don't think he'd mind me saying this, he's just really growing as a leader. Um, because so much of a football coach, it's it's not football anymore, and that's a lot of what what coach and I have talked about. You know, football is like five, ten percent of it maybe when when you're when you're head coach. It's leadership of of program. It's clearly articulating standard. It's uh, holding you know everyone, staff, uh, student athletes, everybody that touches the, the program accountable for that that standard it's making adjustments it's it's tweaking you know all of those things and and all of that evolves and um, he has grown so much in in that area since since January of 2020 and as you mentioned my goodness welcome to being a a first-time head coach and you know you're you're having to develop relationships with your student athletes over zoom calls Mm -hmm. Um, can't be in the office with your with your staff, new staff, trying to trying to get to know them and 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 develop this 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 culture, and then oh by the way, new scheme, both sides of the ball, and you don't have a trial run, no spring practice, and so not to make excuses, but but there was a lot stacked up um, against him, and I and I think what I appreciate most about all of it is how he handled it, how he walked through it, um, never ducked, never. Never turned, you know, from a from an issue. Faced everything head on, um, and I think because of the way he handled it and all of the hard work last year, you're starting to see that pay dividends this year. And to get off to a four and zero start, tremendous. Um, you know, I think we did what we were supposed to do the first three games, and um, every one of those games, I thought we we got a little bit better which was exciting to see. And then, you know, the, the Iowa State game came in, I think. I can't remember if they were 13th or 14th in the country. But, you know, that was kind of a, a prove-it game for, mm-hmm. for us. You know, well, how, how good are you really? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so to be able to, to, to come out of that, that game with, with a victory. And, and again, we, didn't, we certainly didn't play perfect um, on either side of the either side of the ball, and 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 made you know a fair share of mistakes. So things that we could continue to to grow from, learn from, but to be able to persevere and and gut it out and and come out of there with a with a victory, um, 
again, I just I think that speaks to the to the culture that that he's building with with that football program. I asked him after the Iowa State game, you know, a lot of people, if they've spent any time with Coach Aranda at all, um, he's a very uh, mild-mannered, easygoing, you know, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too emotional. Um, and, uh, you know, people, uh, announcers talk about that on the game. They're like, oh, Coach Aranda's showing a little emotion, you know, and um, things like that. But I asked him if he recognized the fact that his team has kind of taken on the, his business professional approach to football um, where, you know, despite how the game's going, if we're not playing our best on either side of the ball, how they don't get too high or they don't get too low, but that they stay focused and calm. Um, and I think we're seeing the benefits of that on the field. Uh, from your perspective, watching that game, um, do you, do you feel the same? You're down there by them. Uh, John's upstairs calling it. So uh, from your perspective, are you feeling that same thing to where Coach Aranda's leadership as he continues to grow as that leader has kind of melted into the rest of the program? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great, great point, Brooke. You know, we talk about it, you know, within the department, you know, and particularly with our head coaches, it's never going to be important to our student athletes unless it's important to you, the the head coach. And and the head coach of, of each each and every sport program, right, they, they set that tone, everything. Uh, from from A to Z, and uh, and I do think a team uh, will take on a a coach's coach's personality, and uh, you see that happening with with the with the football program, and and that doesn't mean that they don't have fun. That doesn't mean that that um, you know there's there's not there's not some emotion, but it's it's controlled, and there's a time and place for it. Um, and you know I thought throughout the 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 Iowa State game, you know there were some highs and lows. And you know the the mantra of just keep pounding the rock, uh, which is which is what coach talks about a lot. Um, I, I thought that was really evident. I thought we just we didn't you know our players emotionally didn't go you know high low high low, but we just kind of stayed steady, persevered. Um, you know, um, football is an imperfect game, and 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 there's there's imperfect plays and. People make mistakes, but it's it's how you react. It's how can can you forget about that boom and get and get to the next play. And um, I think he's he's done a great job of of modeling it. Number number one, uh, but also enforcing it, being intentional about it, um, holding our our young men accountable to it, and by the way, our staff to it as 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 well. Football's uh, third of the way through the season already. Man, it rolls fast. Basketball's right around the corner. The women began practice this week. The men begin on Monday. Uh, I know you were part of a, a luncheon in Dallas earlier this week that was Coach Nikki Collin and Coach Scott Drew together up there, and then they made several other stops. Isn't that great to think about uh, the prospects for basketball, men's and women's, right around the corner? Yeah, absolutely. The, the lunch, the luncheon, by the way, if you know, for those that were there, um, I think they would tell you it was special. It was, it was great. Now those two can both talk. Uh, that <laughs> that luncheon could have gone for three hours. Um, I bet. <laughs> but um, no, I'm I'm excited for for both programs and you know, to, to see them together on stage and, and the, the, the respect, the admiration that, that they have for, for one another. But it goes beyond that, that stage. It, it actually goes, 
you know, on in the hallways, on the courts, with, within the Farrell Center, and conversations between staffs. You know, um, Coach Drew, his staff watching, watching, you know, women's practice or two, vice versa. Um, so that's that's really cool to 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 see, and you know, that's that's something, by the way, that um, we can still do a better job here within Baylor athletics. Our, our head coaches learning from from one another. Because we've got great, great head coaches, and uh, try to be intentional. And it's so busy, and and uh, and it's hard to orchestrate. But man, if we can, if we can just be better at, at doing that, um, I think we all we all get better. And so it's again really cool to see that that happen over over in the over in the Federal Center. But uh, excited for both both programs. You know, men's basketball obviously coming off the national championship, so you have you know, that, that bit of pressure and expectations that, that you're going to have to have to deal with. I, I feel like, you know, um, you know, coach drew and, and that staff, they've done a great job of, of putting that behind them and, and just really continue, continuing to focus on, on the process. Um, I think Scott does a great job of, of that. And, and let's, let's look, you know, in front rather than, than in the rear view mirror, as mentioned, a lot of new faces, a lot of talent. Um, be interesting to see how quickly that that talent, those new faces, with with some of you know the the returners, how that that begins to come together, and and you know at what point in time do they do they hit their their stride? But but excited for it, and then um, you know on uh, on the women's basketball side, I'm I'm just excited for for Nikki. I'm excited for you know, our, our young women that, that are, that are in the program, you know, defensively, I think, you know, man to man, tough, you know, very similar probably to what, what we're used to and, and how we played defensively under, under Kim. And, and then, you know, offensively, I think you'll, you'll see some, some, some differences, you know, offensively and in, in the different actions that they run and you'll see some versatility with some of our post players. And so, um, I, I think both both programs have a have an opportunity to have a have a great season. Coach Aranda, oh, go ahead. Let me just yeah, while we're talking yeah. basketball, along those lines with basketball, where do things stand uh, in the planning process for a new pavilion? Ooh, good question. Really? You, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> how did I? Know? I was trying to swerve away. And <laughs> I know. Exactly. I love it. You not want to go there? No, I absolutely. I absolutely want to go there. Um, <laughs> we want to be there because it's 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 literally probably the 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 number one question that 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 I receive. But um, in in progress, you know, transparently, um, you know, we we've had you know these hurdles that that we didn't anticipate the the COVID piece. Um, you know, put it on pause, delayed, and and then you know we're we're coming out of COVID, and oh, this by the way, this crazy thing called conference realignment happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so that that puts a another pause, and you know, uncertainty in terms of future revenues, all of those different things, and so um, we're still in the process of of navigating that. Um, are we going to build the pavilion? Yes. Um, do I do I think we're we're going to break ground? You know, we've we've talked about, um, or I've talked about publicly by June of of 22. Um, I still think that that we're on track. Um, you know, if there's any delay, I don't I don't think it's an extended delay. It may be, 
you know, one or one or two months, but I, I still think we're on track and, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're going to build, you know, uh, a venue, 7,000 seats, 500 capacity. Um, you think about, you know, home court advantage, you know, you go back to two or three years ago in the big 12 men's coaches voted, you know, one through 10 and, and Farrell center ranked ninth. And, you know, we've got to be better. Um, we need a more intimate, you know, and we need to pack that every every night. Not just our marquee matchups, but but every night. And so, and uh, and then you know, I think that gives us an opportunity for women's basketball as well to 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 grow fan base and uh, and uh, you know get to get to a point with with women's basketball where we're selling out every every matchup. So, um, still still in progress. Um, I, I I would say you know optimistically um, still on the timeline that that you know we we forecasted probably about about 12 months ago, maybe you know um, a month or two delay in there somehow some some way. But um, I think you know here this fall um, we'll be able to announce clarity when we're going to break ground um, and and when we we expect it to be completed. Well, this is even a better segue, so great question. Um, but you talked about, you know, when I mentioned Coach Randa's name before, I was going to say that he's a coach that right now that's already feeling truly the impact of a home field advantage. And, uh, you know, one thing I've loved seeing is obviously coming off a national championship, the student body is going to be super excited to go see the men's team play. But with a new head coach on the women's side, Coach Colin, I think she has done personally a fantastic job. She has visited the band. She is always at the sub. She's out and about truly trying to build the community between the women's program and her new staff with not just Waco, but the Baylor student body. So as the athletic director, I wanted to kind of feel you out on, you know, your thoughts on that and just how she's truly going above and beyond, not just getting to know her team, but getting to know the community, which is something that here at Baylor Athletics we're all about. Yeah, she she has literally worn herself out. Just, you know, as as you know, starting starting, you know, a job, you know, taking on a, a, a job of this magnitude, it's, it's drinking water out of a, out of a fire hose. And, um, and, you know, so you're, you're hiring staff, you're developing relationships, um, and, and you're, you're trying to connect with community, you know, campus, as you mentioned, Brooke, but, um, you know, Nikki knows no stranger. And, uh, and I think we, you know, if you've had an opportunity to, to visit with her, you, you, you know that. And that's, that's one of her, I think, greatest assets is um, she's going to be comfortable talking to anybody, anytime, any, any place. Now, sometimes, you know, Nikki, let's, let's remember we got a basketball team to, <laughs> to, to coach. But um, I'm, I'm kidding. She, she has done a, a fabulous job. And I, I appreciate you mentioning it because that is part of it. And, um, you know, our, our students, uh, campus, our community, they want to feel like they, they have a relationship with, with her and, and, uh, and certainly they want to have a relationship with the staff. Um, that's important as well, but they really want, want to feel connected to her. And so, uh, I'm grateful and appreciate, you know, all of the work that, that she's done, um, in terms of, in terms of connecting. And I bet if you asked her, you know, she would, she would probably tell you that I wish, I wish I could have done more. Um, but uh, again, just trying to balance all of that, um, 
I think she's she's done a phenomenal job. Well, you mentioned it just a second ago, so I guess we'll we'll go there and open the door. Um, but last year, you had a lot on your plate navigating a pandemic that none of us have been a part of, and and knew kind of we didn't have a rule book on how to handle that. Um, and then right we do with, now. Now we do. <laughs> now we know. Um, but then this year, uh, the summer's kind of coming to an end. Everyone's gearing up for. Uh, football season and athletics to kind of kick off with this new academic year and uh, you become one very very busy man with the conference realignment um, situation kind of walk everyone through when you first heard about that and what that whole process was like to get from the original announcement of things might be changing to where we are today you know eventually welcoming in four new programs into the big 12. Well, you know, one thing one thing I learned is um, I'm I'm Amy and I are not not going to head to our our New Mexico place um, very often anymore because it feels like every every time I we we head to New Mexico something catastrophic <laughs> happens and uh, and so I remember vividly we we were there you know it's been a grind for everybody the last eighteen months and and I felt like I was limping literally limping to the to the finish line the, this this summer and just couldn't wait to just escape for uh, ten days and you know lauren uh, my assistant did a great job of organizing my my calendar and so we get get to New Mexico and um, we're, we're there a day and a half and I get a text. And it was, I believe it was from Scott Drew saying, is this true? And I look at it, and it was rumors that, that Texas and, and Oklahoma were, were leaving the, to, to the SEC. And I'm like, really? No, that's that can't be true. Well, yes, it, it, it was true. And so that began the, you know, I don't know what, it, you know, was it eight weeks, 12 weeks of this this journey of trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's the future for Baylor and then and then what's the the future for for Big 12 and you know all of the the uncertainty that that surrounds that and um, you know I, I think um, quite frankly for all of us every one of us it was a it was a kick in the gut um, you know it was a, a left uppercut to the to the jaw and and, and I think you know we're all sitting there with probably wobbly legs going you know wow how how do we how do we navigate that and you know for for me and um and for us boom you better better get over that really really quickly and better begin to 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 think about a plan and you know starting to process all of that stuff and you know um i remember writing five things down on a on a piece of paper one um, and this is a this is a, a sad statement. I I you know readily admit, but you know one in in terms of this conference realignment process, uh, one can't trust anyone, um, and you know that that is sad to say, but that's just kind of the nature of of how this this works when you talk about movement of of institutions from from one conference to to another. You know I I wrote down. There are no rules to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if we're expecting rules or some type of governance in, in terms of fairness and in, in how all of this plays out, um, 
there's there's not not any rules or no playbook for for no for playbook. this and 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 sense of fairness. Um, three, you 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 better be on offense, and um, you know, um, and you know you can interpret that in in many ways, but but you you, you have to be aggressive, you have to be proactive, and and so you know again you 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 better be you better be on on offense. Um, you better have pa- parallel pathways. Um, that was the the fourth thing that I remember writing down. Um, we can't just you know navigate one and put all our eggs in 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 that in that one one basket. And then finally, you know, and and four and five go together is the art of the possibility, right? And so um, we as Christians believe that that you know all things are possible with God. When it comes to college athletics, there's just some certain things that that aren't aren't possible you know there there is a certain conference that you know you're just they're they're not going to be open to 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 membership right and so let's not you know let's not waste our time you know running running that pathway and so you know those five things kind of kind of guided me as we were we were going through the the evolution the 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 process and you know again i'm 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 going to be very frank with 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 our with our fans with our with our listeners you know you're absolutely going okay what's what's best for Baylor and are there opportunities elsewhere because I'm not sure what's what's going to happen with with the Big 12 at the same time you're sitting there going okay what what can we do to make sure that the Big 12 is is still is still viable and can be and can be viable and so um as you can imagine um it was conversations with everyone all day, and and I'm not exaggerating. I'd I'd start phone calls at seven at, at seven thirty a.m. and and be you know off at at uh, at ten a.m. and uh, or excuse me off at ten p.m. and uh, I remember um, somebody said, "Mac, have you ever watched Ted Lasso?" And uh, I said, no, well, Mac, you probably need to. Mm-hmm. That was like my only time to laugh. <laughs> yeah. I would start a episode at, at 1030, um, you know, just uh, just to like have some some from some relief. So a lot of prayer, but it was just, you know, conversations every day trying to figure out, you know, um, and you know, at the end, I, I think we landed in a, in a, in a great place. I, I really believe that. Um, I think we, we landed in the best possible place. You know, I'm excited for, for BYU and for Cincinnati and central Florida and, and the university of Houston to, to join. And obviously we, we know BYU, um, you know, in, in July 1, 2023, the other three American athletic athletic schools were we're still waiting, you know, um, we're hopeful and, and, uh, I'm certainly anticipating that, that same start, start date so that, that all four could, could enter together. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of work to be done when we think about scheduling and, and all of those different things, but clearly they were the four best and, um, you know, college athletics, when we think about revenues, TV money, it's, it's, you know, so driven by, by football. And so that was obviously really important as we were beginning to to think and 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 you know who 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 does it make sense to 
to, to, to add. And so football relevancy was a, was a big piece of that. And, you know, you look at those four institutions right now, you know, two of them are ranked in the top 15. I think Cincinnati is seventh and, and BYU is, is, is 13th. We have a, we have a really um, exciting matchup, obviously, um, here in the next two to three weeks versus versus BYU here at here at uh, here at home. But um, you know, th- those are really good football programs. And for me, you know, the way I processed it is those schools have been successful in football over a period of time with a variety of different different head coaches, each mm-hmm. and every one of them. And so, you know, for me, that that spoke to commitment by by the institution, you know, to to athletics, to to football. Um, it it spoke to you know talent or, or access to talent, um, you know, being able to to recruit and and uh, and have high quality um, student athletes, and and so um, again, from that perspective. Um, thought it was really really important uh we had conversation about about men's basketball you you think about you know the big 12 brand and and the big 12 brand took a hit when when this whole conference and so you know you're you're trying to you know navigate that and and uh and and um you know trying to change that narrative one of the 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 you know greatest assets in terms of the the big 12 brand is is men's basketball and you know it's talked about nationally if not the best one of the best now i personally think it (laughs) it is it is the best and so you know byu basketball and 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 houston you know final four um and uh and cincinnati um those are three really really good men's men's basketball programs and i think i think ucf under coach dawkins is is uh has a chance to to get better and is growing and and getting better um so that was that was really really important but you know i i think in all of this and and um you know i i was outspoken about it i do not want to go through the entire football season and every big 12 telecast that's all they're talking about is the two schools leaving. We need to change that narrative. And, and we did. And, you know, I'm grateful to Commissioner Bowlesby and the work that he did and how aggressive he was and, and the rest of the, the staff and grateful to the, to the other seven, seven athletic directors because I think we, we did that. We, we changed the narrative, and now we're talking about, hey, these four, the stability of the Big 12 – its relevancy and and I believe we're going to be extremely relevant. I think we'll continue to to have our place, our seat at the at the CFP. We'll continue to be be power five. What we don't know is what revenues are going to look like beyond the 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 twenty four twenty five five year. And so that's that's the uncertainty piece there that we'll have to continue to to be mindful of, be proactive about, and and watch very closely. Well, we need to let you go, but uh, great information. Always great to visit with you. We appreciate it, and I know uh, Baylor fans really appreciate hearing from you as well. Well, great, grateful to the to the Baylor family, and again, the the impact that they have, you know, for our for our student athletes, what they do for our student athletes. Um, we couldn't do what what we do with without them. So, 
um, I want each and every one of them to know how, how grateful um, I know and understand. They, they don't like every, every decision we, we make all of the time, but, but know and understand we're really, really thoughtful and careful about the decisions that, that we do make. And, you know, we make decisions that, that we think are both best for us short term and, and long term. And we always, you know, have, have long term um, in, in our thoughts and, and process and how everything, everything plays out. And then, you know, finally, grateful for, for the two of you. Thank you both for, for everything that you do and um, you're two of the best even though one of you is a Texas Tech owner. Ah, oh, there we go. I wear green and gold. Y'all can't oh, see it, but I wear green man. and gold. And we're going to, with that, thank you for your time. You are welcome. And tell everybody that we will be back with more in two weeks on the Sikkim Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Sikkim Bears. Sikkim Bears. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.